Hi, and welcome to the Inspired Jewish Woman Podcast. I absolutely love and value that you are here with us right now, and I hope you will hear something on today's episode that will touch your heart and soul in a beautiful way. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Today's topic is about mikvah. And this is a mitzvah that I hold very dear to my heart, something that has transformed my life and my marriage and my relationship with being a Jewish woman. And I'm excited to share this podcast with you. So sit back, relax and enjoy. And I hope you hear something that talks to you. And if you want to further the conversation about mikvah or about any of the topics that we share on this platform, feel free to reach out, be in touch, and I'm happy to hear your thoughts, your ideas, your questions, and keep this conversation going. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, for another fabulous interview. This one is going to be a little different for me, maybe slightly interesting, because today I am honored to bring my mother on. So here I am with my mother, who is in Toronto. Hi, Mom. How are you doing today? Eve, I'm good. Really excited to be on this interview. Thank you, Mom, for being here. I don't even know how to introduce you. You're everything to me, (laughs) and you're so much to so many people. My mother has been an educator for decades of her life. She's now a retired teacher, but she continues to teach and to inspire all the time. So that's really my mother in a nutshell. She's a light, definitely a light in my world, but I know that she's a, a light in many, many people's worlds. So mom, thank you for coming on. And I'm excited to hear your story, even though your story is almost my story, but I'm sure we have a different narrative. I don't know if I've ever heard you share your story of your Jewish journey. So I'm really looking forward to kind of sitting back and hearing from you today. Okay. Thank you, Eve. So I'd like to start by saying that even though I did not grow up observant, but I think that there were many flashes of Hashem appearing in my life and in my husband's life. The first time I ever went to the mikvah was before I got married. A friend of mine who was not observant as well, said to me, you know what? I went to this place called the mikvah and I think I'd like to take you there before you get married. I knew nothing about it. I had no introduction. I had no proper teachings about the mikvah, but I went and it was something amazing, spectacular, something eventful that I will never forget. But I didn't really know what to do after that. So we got married and I continued on my secular life. And when I say secular, I can't really say we were totally secular because we come from Holocaust surviving parents and there was a lot of tradition. We spoke Yiddish our whole lives. That was my first language. My husband too. To this day, my husband reads from his Yiddish Chumash to me. And so I can't say we were totally secular, but we didn't really know too much about the Torah and Judaism. We were traditional, I would say. But 10 years into our marriage, and we had our two wonderful children, Martin, our oldest son, and Eve, 
who uh, my mother and my mother-in-law always call her Evelyn. <laughs> and we moved to one of the most assimilated cities in Canada because my husband, he loved the Rockies. He loved nature. He loved the outdoors. And I thought, okay, we'll try this. We didn't want to stay in Montreal, Quebec because of politics. And so we moved very far away from all of our family. It was a very small Jewish community there. Maybe, maybe there were 5,000 Jews in Calgary at the time. It was 1983. And I got scared because we came from a very big community in Montreal. And I thought, if we don't send our children to the Orthodox school, we had a choice. Reform, uh, conservative, orthodox. I said, you know, if we don't send our children to the orthodox school, we just might get lost as Jews. It was a little scary for me. And so our son, Martin, he was six and a half. And he hooked onto two very special rabbis who were instrumental in helping us change our lives. Rabbi Hilsenrath and Rabbi Heyman. And at one point, our son... He was six and a half, said to me, Mom, if you're Jewish, then behave like a Jew. Whoa. You know what it reminds me of, Mom? You know the story in the Torah of Miriam, Miriam Hanavia, the prophetess, how she's yeah. she father, and she says, your decree is worse than Paro's decree. And she's this young little girl, and you're thinking like, but her father listened to her, right? And look what happened from that. And how did it feel to you at that moment to have this six-year-old little Pisher giving you review? Well, he, the thing is, he never took off his kippah. He never wanted to take off his tzitzis. And I used to come home, he used to be davening in the basement. I used to say, Martin, what are you doing? Because we weren't observant. And he was so true to himself. And he was wanted so badly to become religious, to observe Shabbos. I mean, you know how a little boy always talks to their mom. So he would talk to me and say, Mom, why do you have to go shopping on Shabbos? Why do you have to do this on Shabbos? Wow. I mean, Hashem really kind of revealed himself to us in so many ways, because before we actually moved to Calgary, before my dad passed away, my dad came over and the last 10 years of his life, he went to shul when he was retired on Shabbos. He came over one day and he looked at me and we weren't observant at all. And we weren't raised that way. And he said, do you really have to do the laundry on Shabbos? And he said it very quietly. So when my son came up in Calgary like this to me, it was like my dad was standing right there and all our ancestors who perished in the Holocaust were right there. That's wow. how I felt. I felt the messages were so strong. Anyway, in 1984, Yom Kippur, our esteemed Rabbi Heyman spoke to the whole Kahila in shul before breaking the fast. And he basically pleaded to everyone. He said, if you are going to break the fast tonight, please don't break the fast on non-kosher food, please. And he proceeded to say, for all of the ladies here, I am recommending the following mitzvahs. Kashras, mikvah, taking challah, and Shabbos. Try it. You'll love it. It will bring shalom bias in your life with wow. your husband and with your children. Well, Hashem opened the gates for us, and my husband and I embraced the changes. And my mikvah experience in Calgary was extraordinary. 
we had a rickety old school that had a mikvah. And there was an old caretaker that could barely, barely walk. And I was assigned to a very special friend to be my mikvah partner, beautiful lady, Brenda Shield. And I was her mikvah partner as well. And we would go together. We'd check each other before immersing in the holy waters. It was a very, very special, special experience, especially since this mikvah wasn't beautiful the way people have mikvahs in North America. And it was so amazing for me and my incredible husband because it renewed our relationship each month and made our coming together so much more meaningful because we didn't start that when we got married. I was only 22 when I got married and now I was in my early 30s. But this mitzvah of going to the mikvah was a springboard for us and me for all of the future mitzvahs that we would take on. It was really a springboard from this extraordinary mitzvah followed Shabbos, Yom Tov, learning from our exceptional rabbi, Rabbi Haman, his wonderful Rebetzin, Shoshana. To this day, we're still very connected to them. And a whole new world opened up to us following our many ancestors who couldn't continue these mitzvahs because their lives were cut short having perished in the Holocaust. Mom, when you named all your children after people that perished, I, I don't know if you realized what you were doing. All of your children were old souls, right? Like my older brother, myself, my sister, my youngest brother. Absolutely. We're so strong in our Judaism. Thank I God. I don't know, there's something. And little did you know, when you were a secular woman in Montreal, <laughs> giving those names, like these very powerful names that you were giving your kids a very big mission to complete and to fulfill. And I love all the connection, like the connection between like the generations past. And I think there have been times that we've spoken to my Bubby, okay, your mother-in-law, Bubby Gutta. We always asked about her experiences living in Warsaw. She came from a very big, illustrious, beautiful family. She was a sole survivor. When we talked to her, obviously there's so much pain, but there's also so much beauty in what life was like before the war. Like it was a beautiful, vibrant, exciting, happy existence to be a Jew. And she had so many beautiful memories, but at a certain point we were like tiptoeing and asking her, did your mother ever go to the mikvah? I remember how she answered me. She said, of course, what's the question? I was a little bit embarrassed to ask my mother-in-law about the mikvah when I started going. It was the first time I was going and it was in Calgary. I was a little bit reluctant, but then a few years later when we brought up the topic and she saw, you know, we're observant and we do all these mitzvahs, I asked her about the mikvah. The floodgates just opened. The crazy thing is that when I went to the mikvah before I got married, my husband and I, we were not from, we didn't know the significance. So it was the off roof of my husband and it was the Shabbos before we were getting married. And he walked around when I thought about it later, I said, oh my goodness. He walked around to everybody saying, you know, Harriet went to the mikvah and he was telling everybody in that shul during the offer of, but wow. thinking about it later, I mean, it was very innocent. It was very beautiful what he said, but thinking about it later, knowing the significance, I just had to laugh.
Mom, but sometimes I get choked up just thinking about it. But sometimes I think like you look at the history of our family and, you know, when I did my genetic testing, like 23andMe, I'm a hundred percent Ashkenazic, like from the shtetl through and through, right? <laughs> and, and I just think of all the generations, all the incredible people that came before me and before, before, you know, before you guys. And there was a, there was a kind of like this big break in the tradition, so to speak, in observance. There was a break and the Holocaust and the enlightenment. And, you know, there were so many isms going on at that time, even before the Holocaust, that really all four of my grandparents were slowly but surely like leaving the fold of observant Judaism. By the time the Holocaust came, they weren't observing. And I don't know how many decades it was until our family came back, you know, took it in again and said, well, we're going to commit ourselves to this once again. But it gives me chills just to think of this lineage. There was a stop. There was a little pause for a couple decades. And now, like, look, we're, we're coming back and we're strong and we're here and we're educating our future generations to continue. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Well, when my little son came up to me and he started telling me all these things about Yontif, about Shabbos, about being Jewish. I mean, a big part of me said, wow, like, because we lost so many of our ancestors in the Holocaust, and really, they didn't have a chance to be Jewish anymore, I felt an obligation. I did feel a big responsibility. And here I see my little child, our oldest who is coming up and begging us to be who we are, begging us to have a Jewish life. I almost felt ashamed. Wow. This little boy is telling me like, hey, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you behaving like a Jew? So it was, it, it was all Hashem's work. It was all in Hashem's master plan. I just want you to own the fact that you were humble enough and flexible enough to go with your child and to listen to him and to hold on to what he was saying. You could have easily said, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, this is 1980. We're not living in Europe anymore. We have a modern existence. Like you easily could have just thrown him off. And who knows what he would have done with that feeling. Like he could have turned to something else. Like children, they have a mission. But I recognize that he's an old soul. Mm. And when he came up like that, like when I found him davening in the basement, I said, Martin, what are you doing? And it was the time of the plight for the Ethiopian Jews. He says, I'm davening for the Ethiopian Jews because I don't know what else to do. Wow. He was six and a half, seven years old. There were so many incidences that just spoke to my soul. I remember a story that you once, I don't remember this as a child, but I remember you sharing that we used to go to McDonald's. And Martin would be like sitting there with his cheeseburger and he's like, we learned that you're not allowed to eat milk and meat. And he's like peeling the cheese off the burger. <laughs> Once he really came out to me, like, I want to live like a Jew. I want to be religious. I want to be observant. He was so religious. His neshama was so spiritual. Once that happened, I was not going to take him to McDonald's. I was not going to ask him to take off his kippah or his sisters to go and eat trade. It was done. It was finished. I looked at my child and I said, wow, like he's a gift to us and he's leading us. And basically he picked up the torch from all our ancestors and he passed it over to us. And 
I would have taken it because it was part of who I was too. Even wow. though we didn't have an observant life, but I don't know, like I felt my ancestors very often in my life. I did, and I'm sure I had Hashem in my life. I just didn't really know it was Hashem. But we moved east to Toronto to be in a bigger community after two years of having this life change. And we were blessed with two more beautiful children, Shuli and Mati. And we're just forever, forever grateful for our life, for what we have in our life. I can't see ourselves not having this life. I can't even imagine how our life would be had I, as a mother, as the son, little son comes and speaks to his mom, how I would have ignored him. I can't imagine. And really, it started with, of course, Hashem. It moved on to my son. It was from the ancestors. But it also started in motion from the mikvah. Wow. When I first went to the mikvah before I was married, even though I didn't have all the knowledge, I didn't have all the background, I think we were blessed from that. I think that first going to the mikvah before we were married, we had Baruch Hashem, the biggest blessing in our life. And I view it that way. And I really encourage any of you women to even try, if you have a feeling, if you want to, to even try to start going to the mikvah. It's something so spiritual. It's something from way back when from our foremothers it's something that has no price on it it's so significant and it was so significant in my life and it is so significant it's amazing to look back at the decades of your journey of your married life of raising your children and when you look back you're pinpointing on like this opening like this little opening like you went you took that plunge you didn't know what you were doing someone told you about it you you said that sounds interesting and you said i'm going to give it a try and how you feel that that kind of opened up this wellspring of blessing like the yes. potential was all there like it was always all there but you just opened that that crack you opened the door crack and wow look where you are today thank god i feel i have a long way to go in fact i've had cancer twice and my second cancer was very extensive and i remember coming out of the hospital with my husband after we met with the oncologist and the surgeon and he was like walking all hunched over, really, really upset. And I just looked at him and I said, are you kidding me? Hashem doesn't want me now. I have so much to do to perfect myself. I'm nowhere near ready to meet our maker. Don't even worry or think about it. And that's how I felt. And broke Hashem, it's been many years later. And God willing, we want to be able one day to walk our grandchildren down to the chuppah. That's my wish and my, my prayer and my dream in good health, all of us. Amen, amen, mom. Thank you for leading the way because your your small changes that you made were actually very huge and quite tremendous in the life, lives of so many. You changed yourself and by doing that, you changed generations. It's interesting how Judaism comes through the woman, right? If your mother is Jewish, you're Jewish. 
it's like a big part of our heritage. Like the woman is, we say, Ishto Zubeto, the woman is the home. She's the mainstay. She is the Judaism. And even this mitzvah of family purity, we call it family purity, like Taharat HaMishpacha. It's not only her personal thing. She's taking her whole family on a journey with her. And you just see it so clearly over here. We're going to end in just a few minutes, mom. So if you want to say just something to close, I'm just going to give my little thoughts as someone that is the recipient of the changes that you made and how it has changed my life and my generations after me. And it's just tremendous. And it's humbling to think how powerful our decisions are. It's humbling to think how important every choice is that we make, whether we say, nah, I'm not going to do it. Or, you know what? I'm going to do this. This is something that's meaningful to me. When all this was happening and our wonderful son was speaking to me quietly on the side, we had covered our house and we were slowly, slowly moving in that direction. And I actually started, stopped driving on Shabbos. I never told your dad. I just stopped driving on Shabbos and I started going to shul with you and Martin. And it was a 45 minute walk and it, it was a blizzard and it was very cold in Calgary, but we did. We started going every Shabbos to shul. You were in the little sled and I covered you up with scarf and it was cold in Calgary, Alberta in the winter. <laughs> and your dad didn't know that I was going. He kind of figured out, but I never had a discussion. I kept it quiet, did my thing. Okay, I was going to shul with the kids. I was already becoming in the way by myself at first, summer Shabbos. But one day, your dad went to work and it was Sukkot's time. And he said, don't tell Martin I went to work. So I said, what am I going to tell him? The car is not there. You're not... And he was supposed to meet us at someone's house after shul for in the sukkah. So I took the two of you, I bundled you up. We went during sukkot to shul. Anyway, I see a little while later, I see your dad. He comes into the shul. He was white like a ghost. So what happened? He says, I have to bench goimo. It means I have to um, say thank you to Hashem that I'm alive. I said, what happened? He was on his way to work. There was a big, big whiteout in Calgary. There's many whiteouts and he had to go on the highway and he couldn't see anything and cars were overturned. Anyway, the short and the long, he basically turned around and came back and he never drove on Shabbos and Yontif again. Wow. We've had so many revelations of Hashem in our lives and I won't go into anything more, but Baruch Hashem. I think everyone has these God moments. And I think what makes you different and, and someone that's special and someone that I look up to is that you, you see it, you choose to see it, you choose to acknowledge that this is not just regular, this is God, he's talking to us and we need to listen. We need to listen and we need to trust, we need to believe, we need to hold on. And that's what you guys did. And for that, I'm very, very grateful, very grateful because Thank God it's to be connected so intensely to our roots. It basically means that you have a meaningful life. It's a meaningful existence when everything you do from the time you wake up till the time you go to sleep is infused with connection and meaning. That's, that's a life as, as a Jew, it's supposed to be. We're supposed to feel so connected to our creator at every moment. And every mitzvah is there to, to help us connect. And when you said, I'm in, you brought us all along with you. So I'm tremendously grateful. I joke. So I consider myself to be a BT, like a Balas Chuva, even though I could also play the FFB card, like the from, from birth card. Cause you know, by the time you were like four oh. years old, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say like, you know, maybe I feel more of like 
a BT, a Balat Teshuva, and then so my brother Martin and me, Eve, and then we became observant. You know, we had the dog also, of course, like the two kids and the dog. And then six years later, after moving to Toronto, after settling into a, a mainstream observing community, my parents had Shalamis and then Mordechai. It's like Martin, Eve, Shuli, Mutti. You know, like they're the FFBs. Like we actually <laughs> look so different. Look at me and Martin. We're more pale. We have a different look. And then Shuli and Mutti, dark. Like it looks like two different families. We definitely had different upbringings, right? You grow up in different times. Like you, you were different when you were in Calgary, like backpacking with us in the Rocky Mountains. Like coming to Toronto, we came into the Jewish community. But I always say, and this is really in your honor, mom, I always say I am not a BT or an FFB, but I'm an FFC. I'm from, from choice. Every day I choose this. I choose this way of life because it was passed down to me in a meaningful way. You had to go out and you had to grab it. It's almost like um, that individual in the Torah, Nachshon ben Aminadav, the first person that, that walked into the sea before it split. Right? Like, imagine all the Jewish people standing there and the sea is in front of them and they're basically like, are we going to die? Like, what's going to happen? And he had so much faith. He just went straight in. He just knew God is going to make a miracle. I'm going to do my part and God is going to split the sea. And I kind of see you as a Nachshon Ben Aminadav, right? You're that person that said, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be. You, you're like the Jews that said, Na'aseh Ishma. Like, we'll do it. And then we'll hear what it really entails, right? We'll see. Like, I don't know if you realized the ramifications of your actions. But all you did was walk forward into the sea until it split for you and your family and your generations. And I think that's a pretty tremendous thing. You needed to overcome obstacles to get to where you are today. It wasn't easy. You had your family that maybe weren't so happy with your choices. You had your friends, everyone's asking you questions. With dad's family and my family, I mean, I would say nobody really was from, but I made up my mind that I wasn't going to sever any ties. And I stayed in close, close connections with our family. In fact, even though we were not living in the same city, we were always very close. I would speak to my mother-in-law every night, long distance from Toronto to Montreal. I kept up my relationships and I did it purposefully because I didn't want our being from to be an obstacle in our relationships. I think it worked. I think. <laughs> God, no, it's, it's tremendous. Tremendous. Family is so important, especially coming from where we're coming from, like out of the ashes of the Holocaust. So, so I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful to be close to all of our family, even though we're, we're all different. We serve differently. We're different types of Jews, but we're family. And, and that was also another gift that you gave us, mom. So thank you so much. Thank you for sharing some of your journey. I know you have so many more stories to share, but this was great. And whoever's listening, I hope part of this will touch you in a deep place and resonate with you. Thank you, mom. Thank you for coming yeah. on. Mwah, I love you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for being a part of our community. There is so much more coming your way. Stay tuned and have a great inspired day.